Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number 432. Yes, 432. Not one, but we are going to launch anyway. Of the Paternal Podcast, I'm Andy Notko. Florence Ion is off on assignment. And I know that previously I've used that kind of in jest because it's a uh, it's a really classy journalistic sort of phrase when someone is not on the microphone. But actually, that's actually true. She's here on the East Coast. She came out to cover the Made by Google event that uh, that launched the you know the Pixel Eight, Pixel Eight Pro, Pixel Watch, that sort of stuff. And there's uh, there we we all know that it's really 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 difficult at the end of a day like that to have the bandwidth for a ninety minute to two hour recording session. And here by bandwidth, I mean like that the hotel internet actually stinks. Uh, and also you're super exhausted after a day of covering an event and meeting all of your news deadlines that day. So yeah, that's uh, we're going to have the in-depth conversation during our normal episode next week. Uh, but the good news is that this is only a semi-solo episode. We did get together to compare notes about today's uh, Pixel launch event. And you're going to hear about that, uh, all that in our pre-recorded segment a little bit later. Before, though, uh, I'm going to talk about something that I've been meaning to get to for a few weeks now. Uh, I came across a brand new Android feature that hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but my goodness, I love it. It's a new feature, and it's really, really improves my life with this phone immensely. It's reading mode. It is an, ac- an accessibility feature that's designed for for people who have like low vision, people who use assistive reading devices, that kind of stuff. So it, while all it does is it will take uh, what's on your screen, chiefly like web pages, and it will simply find the actual text that you're that's that's being presented, and it will just basically present it in a clutter-free no user interface, no nothing, just nothing but big, blocky, easy-to-read text on the screen. So uh, it's, uh, it's like I said, it's transformative because the more, I, the more time I spend reading actual news items and stuff on my phone, the more depressed I get about the state of humanity. Okay, maybe I'm overstating things a little bit, but it, it does grind me down that uh, on I'm used to, you know, accessing the web and reading my most of my stuff on uh, on desktop which means that I have all kinds of ad blockers and also all kinds of screen real estate so that if uh, if an article or if a uh, or if a piece of research or whatever is like filled with uh, interrupted with ads and overlaid with video ads and video content and uh, n- newsletter newsletter sign up requests and all that other sort of stuff that interferes with the flow of actually being able to read the damn article it's it's manageable either because the ad blockers get rid of it or there's enough space that it's off to the side and it doesn't interfere but what don't these people actually like read stuff on phones and see how they, their websites actually react to an actual phone like oftentimes at best if uh, I'll get like maybe the middle 23% of the screen has readable text on it. And that's what I have to scroll. And every time I scroll for God's sakes, tap it, put your finger accurately on where you're going to be scrolling from or else you'll be like, you'll be clicking through to like a hundred different ads. And even, uh, even the ones that are, don't aren't inundated with ads. They're the ones that 
my God, it's 2023 and your site is not response. It's not responsive yet. It, it still doesn't react well to, uh, to, to, to being read on phones. And so you see this, uh, this immense like desktop scaled web page sort of squeezed in to micro text on the screen. So if you have reading mode installed and enabled, uh, all you, what there is a, uh, there is a little floating button tiny little like translucent button off on the edge of the screen. You can actually move it so far off the edge of the screen that's only like sort of half in, half off. It doesn't get in the way, but it's always there. So if you're ever presented, if you're ever in a situation where you're like, oh my God, I can't read this, you tap that button and suddenly all that garbage, all that spaghetti of bad CSS and 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 capitalism goes away and you get an overlay of just simple clear white on black text of a <laughs> very easy to read like i think it's a roboto font of just the actual article that you're reading and the number of times that i've had to have to enable that is just it's now it's it's almost second nature and if i'm if i'm using this just because i'm annoyed imagine how bad it is when you're actually using it for it, you're counting on it for its intended purpose as an accessibility feature because you have uh, low vision problems or you need to uh, navigate through all this text with uh, some sort of an assistive device you can't simply tap on the screen or scroll very very easily like imagine it basically means that all of this insane garbage that's on the screen that's preventing you from actually using the internet is now not a problem anymore so yeah I, i'm I, 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 I credit where credit is due. I learned about it in an article on Lifehacker, uh, and yeah, I didn't even know that's the first place I heard about it. It had already been out for like about a month uh, before I actually learned about it. And uh, it's easy to use. You uh, you have to go to the Play Store and install uh, an app called Reading Mode, and then when you launch it for the first time, the setup says allows you to uh, enable that little floating shortcut. That again, that 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 little button that circular button that that's uh, overlaid on top of the entire like, user interface and stays in the same place no matter where you navigate what app you use whatever uh, and then you can you can enable that or disable that you want to enable it uh, like i said even if it's in the way for any moment it's so easy to simply slide it one way or another so it's no longer covering things i keep it parked like on the left hand side of the screen or the middle there's almost nothing there's almost nothing that's actionable ever on that side of the screen so that's why I, I keep it hovering everywhere and like i said when you need it you just want to be able to tap it without thinking um it's 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 one of those features that i wish it were on every single phone that i use when i'm testing iphones or or other models like that problem keeps on coming up there, there's a similar android feature that i also lean on uh, lean on a lot and that's the uh, the, the google lens feature that you've probably uh, encountered one place or another it's the it's the deal where you simply like swipe up from the bottom of the screen and uh you you get the app carousel and but wherever whatever app that you're kind of, you're currently looking at there are a couple of buttons so hey do you want to take a screenshot of this hey do you want to apply google lens and it is sort of the universal help me out with what i'm looking at here right now feature so it's i i, I often using it on instagram where oh those bastards like there, there'll be, there'll be like a, someone, a friend of mine will post something like, and yeah, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be in this, uh, this event, like in a couple of weeks time. And here's the URL. We can get more, more information about it. But of course the, the Instagram app does not want you to be able to highlight any of that text there. And so I can say, Hey, Google lens, please give me some help with this. And I can simply not only select that text, but also there'll be a pop-up say, Oh, here's a, it's a URL. Do you want to open this in Chrome? Yes, I do. Thank you very much. 
take $10 out of petty cash and buy yourself a very, very, very inexpensive lunch uh, on the business on the business account because you are really, really helping me out here. Yeah, it's there. It's I love it because there on phones there are a lot of features that are sort of point and shoot. Like I'm sorry, they're sort of situationally interesting. Where hey, I want to take a note. I know I will launch this notes app and take my note. Or, uh, even, or even if you have a widget, hey, I will navigate to where I've I've parked this widget and I'm going to take my note. I'm really pleased by features that simply. If you install, uh, if if you install this reading mode app, suddenly you have a fundamental feature that enhances every time you look at this screen. It belongs to the screen, not to any individual location in the user interface, not to any specific app. And I wish that there were more tools like that that can simply say, "Here is a consistent problem that I have, not just with this one site or with this one piece of content. I have this one problem that exists everywhere." And Really, a universal help me out with this. What I'm looking at right here feature is I don't know, game changers used too often, but you know what I mean. It it's suddenly you're you have more faith in humanity than you had before. Suddenly the skies are a little bit clearer. The bird songs are easier to hear over the sound of road construction and people who are having problems processing their emotions properly. It's it's one of those things that kind of makes you happy that you know how these things work. So yeah, that's that that worked well for me. I hope I hope you get to try it, try it out yourself. There's going to be a link in the show notes to the life hack like life hacker article. But again, just go to the go to the Play Store, find the Reading Mode app by Google, and then enable that that uh, that shortcut during setup. But yeah, we're going to be talking almost entirely about the Made by Google event this week. First, of course, we're going to have our chat with Flo. Uh, and then uh, we're going to go on to the Moron Made by Google. I'm sorry, that should have been the uh, more on the Made by Google event. Uh, just a couple of uh, broad thoughts I had about it. And finally, uh, we have an update on this week's episode of MTV's The Real World, the U.S. Department of Justice versus Google edition. Some, some, some more really nice uh, secret things that came out because... Uh, because the U.S. government is angry with Google, and some of the companies that are working against Google are also eager to testify, and so things start to get real. But we'll have that after this break. Well, like I said a minute ago, Flo is in New York City. I am not. It was normally, uh, if if there's like an event happening in New York or pretty much anywhere from like Washington, Washington, DC up North. I it's, it's at least on the, on the table for as something I can attend in person. I wound up not going for a bunch of really, really boring reasons. A, because I thought that the presentation was going to be kind of boring. I didn't think that it was going to be the sort of thing where, Ooh, if I don't have hands on time, I'm going to miss out on something. I've in the, in the, in the post COVID era, where pretty much everybody, even these companies themselves, Google, Apple, Microsoft, are kind of like, yeah, we're going to still have these media events, but we're going to make it really, really okay for you not to come if you don't want to come. Yeah, it's it's it it didn't uh, it didn't pass my bar of excitement to make it worth all the trouble. And in this case, it would have been like a lot of trouble. Normally, what makes it easy for me to uh, do an event in New York City is not just the fact that I can hop on Amtrak like 10 minutes away from my house and for like cheap to nothing, enjoy a nice three and a half hours working at a table in a, in a cafe car with a beverage and perhaps a microwave muffin. 
uh, watching the Eastern Seaboard swept by. It's October, so it's it's leaf peeping season. So it's like getting a getting a train tour of the of the beautiful autumn fall colors. Uh, unfortunately, to be there in time for a 10 a.m. event would mean ugh, I can either take the Excella at five something in the morning, which is officially oh my god o'clock, or I could take the non Excella. <laughs> and get get into town like at literally 1 a.m. the night before or uh i could uh, as as i would normally do i would just come in a day earlier and like crash with my best friend and who lives in queens have a nice visit with him and his wife and it's 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 a good time unfortunately it's, it's a wednesday event so uh, i'd have to do all the all my the recording mac break and all the other stuff has to happen then i have to go late i'd have to arrive really really late it wouldn't be really a visit so it's more like, hi, John, nice to, I'm checking into the the Airbnb where I'm not really going to have any conversations with you because I'm too tired. <laughs> and then you won't see me because I'll probably be getting out and leaving your home before you get up. <laughs> so apologies for all the wet towels I'm going to be leaving behind in the shower before I go. That's not exactly a gracious thing to do as a friend. Um and it's too bad because there, there are a bunch of things I wanted to see. I'm sorry, a little bit of an aside, but I'll try to keep it under control. Uh, there's a uh, one of the uh, new productions at the Metropolitan Opera this season is an opera called Dead Man Walking. And yes, it is an adaptation of the book that also became the movie uh, a number of years ago. It's actually it was an opera that was written, I think, in 2000. And it's often mentioned as like the most frequently performed modern opera in the canon. Uh, and not only is that interesting in and of itself, but Joyce DiNonato is playing the lead, which is the nun who uh, counsels, advises, cajoles, whatever you want to call it, a death row inmate in the coming days before his execution. And it's, this is one of the things I love about love about opera. You're not one and done as a performer. Like, um, the because Joyce DiNonato has done this role three times before she, it's, she keeps thinking about it and keeps working on it for years and years and years. And a performance becomes really, it is like, it's like a, like a stew or a marinara sauce. The more time it spends on the stovetop simmering, the richer and the deeper the flavors get. And when you get to roles like uh, Violetta and La Traviata, where you'll have it's a, 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 an opera soprano can have like a 20 or 30 year relationship with that role where they can pull a completely different performance out of the hat like 10 years after the first time they performed it because again they keep thinking about it and they keep challenging themselves to find new ways of performing this find layers that they hadn't seen before so this would have been a really really interesting it's i really really want to go see it uh, I'm trying to talk myself out of just making a special trip out to see it because, again, things cost money. And money, first dibs on my money are things like roof, o- ideally over the head, food, ideally like providing me with needed nutrition, and <laughs> day trips to, to, to New York to attend an opera. They, they don't get first dibs on my money. Uh, there's also this amazing sounding exhibit at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Um, They got the works of Manet and Degas, who are contemporaries, friends, uh, sometimes rivals. Uh, And it's like a a kind of a a once-in-a-lifetime presentation of we just collected 
all these works from these two amazing painters from all the museums and collections all over the world. And now it's in one place at the Met for a few months. They even got uh, Olympia, like that, like maybe Manet's like most famous painting ever. First time this has ever been in the United States of America. It's normally at the uh, Musée d'Orsay in, uh, in Paris. I really, really want to get to see it. Um, maybe I will still. I, I only have a few weeks to be able to see the opera. This show is at the is at the Metropolitan Museum of Art through January, so I'm really going to try hard to go and see it. Although it did occur to me that there might be a very good reason specifically for me not to see this <laughs> show. Uh, and that's the subject of, to, of this week's Members Only episode. Uh, if you go to Relay.fm material, you can sign up for a, a membership at the Relay.fm Mighty Podcasting Network. And, and if you are, you'll get, as part of our thank you, you'll get, again, these weekly episodes that Flo and I do each and every week. Also, the, the special episodes that every maker of every podcast on Relay.fm make, meets. And I don't know a single dodo, dunderhead, or, or dope <laughs> anywhere in the Relay.fm network. Uh, it's all really, really great content. And so... Uh, I, we thank everybody who, uh, who contributes that way because it is quite meaningful. So again, go to relay.fm slash material, uh, to hear me talk about that and to hear all the stuff, all the conversations that Flo and I have been having usually in the half hour after we finish making the main episode, but that's not the topic this week. We want, you want to hear us have our conversation about what happened at the made by Google event. And we're going to have that conversation now. So Flo, it is like eight. PM on the East Coast, the time zone that we're both in right now. Uh, it has been what, like eight hours, eight nine hours since like the end of the live show, the presentation. So, set the scene for us. Where are you right now, and how are you feeling? I am in a bed. <laughs> <laughs> it is not the most comfortable bed. The jury is still out on if it's the most cleanest bed, <laughs> but it's definitely. <laughs> A bed. I'm so tired, Andy. <laughs> I walked 9,000 steps today, which people were like, you're supposed to get 10,000. Actually, you're supposed to get like 5,000. But um, it was a very, it was a very long day. <laughs> yes. And mind you, I am on a different time zone. Yesterday I was, I went from California to New York time zone. And then this morning I woke up, but like still on California time. Yeah. See, I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm. I'm only. I'm only going to convey this as background for our listeners. I don't mean to grind like my heel into anything here. It's just that, like the. I, I knew that the events. The, the live stream was supposed to start at ten. Okay, it started at like two minutes after ten. Not going to mm-hmm. pick, but it didn't start at ten. Uh, Apple, when they say ten o'clock, when they say one o'clock, they say exactly one o'clock. I'm moving on from that. Uh, but so I woke up in my bed at like. 8 30 or 9 uh got myself a beverage and a yogurt from my fridge uh got really and then basically stayed in bed until 10 with uh just watching it on my laptop in bed i wasn't even like sitting up in bed oh, i was that like sounds so nice. i was laying i was laying on my side oh. in bed and i had i'm gonna be uh, talking my feet feel relaxed you just describing this right now which is probably sick but yeah. that is how tired i am right now i know i'm so sorry because you because like you, you so, you, so you went from like the west coast to the east coast and that's like uh that, and so it was like three hours earlier for you but but it's but it's also like the idea of 
the six hours on a plane and everything you had to do to be on a plane to get here. Also, like if you've got if you started the day with 12 spoons, you're down to three, like just just in transportation costs. So I, I, I yes. I've, I've done we've, we've all done this so many times. I totally, totally feel you. This, this is why I was feeling extra, extra grateful that all all I all I had to do was to, to prep was like I had I, I also had my uh, my pixel phone like, sitting on top of my laptop like recording audio so I could just immediately bounce a, bounce a transcript off of this. And so literally the only thing I had to do was occasionally reach to my nightstand for another sip of, uh, of, of morning beverage. So, wow. Uh, well, listen, I don't want to complain after all, because I did get to like see everything. I got to talk to a bunch of Google people. Um, I got to handle a bunch of things. So, you know, I got to, walk through a bunch of experiences there were even pelotons there um i think they were well because they were demoing the new fitbit charge six actually connects with uh exercise machines now with the heart rate monitoring you know people want that as part of their stats and so i was like oh i should get a workout in but obviously i did not (laughs) (laughs) well also Peloton is like as as a place to go. It's like the Australia of fitness machines. It's like all we know is that people go there and they die or gets horribly injured. You in know very what, Andy? Ways. I have a Peloton. I know. I know that's something... why. That's why I keep oh. sharing these experiences. <laughs> if you were, if you were, if you had a business trip to Australia, I would say the Gimpy Gimpy Push. Have we learned nothing about the Gimpy Gimpy Push? That's fair. The drop bears. The drop bears and their venomous claws. Oh my god. Um Australia sounds so scary. I you know just as a side note, I'm very glad I'm in New York right now because it's tarantula mating season, not mating season. It's tarantula hatching season in California right now. Oh, cute baby tarantulas. That must be awesome. No, no, no. no. I, and, I, and I imagine like being, it's an abomination. T- for, for tarantulas being born near Halloween, it's like sort of like having a Christmas oh baby God, or a New so Year's true. baby. It's extra special for them. That's so true, Andy. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you, you know, the other thing, though, is to really think about being here in person. I get to really see just how much money Google has. Yeah. Um, because Pier 57 is essentially a Google structure. It's something that was built to seem like it was part of the backdrop of Chelsea, but Google's HQ is in Chelsea. So much as how Google took over the shoreline of Mountain View in California, uh, they also took over this part of New York City. It's Google employees walking everywhere with their badges slung you know, out of their pockets. They're all eating lunch if they're not eating at the cafeteria uh, in Chelsea Market, which is where I had lunch today. Um, it's it's just good to be around the culture because you really see you really see the impact of a company when you see its physical footprint in the world and like what it's presenting to everybody else because you see one type of company on the internet it's a different all thing altogether in person yeah especially when you see like it's especially when you see how they choose to integrate themselves with the community. Like I, I actually think it's cause I've, I, I've been to that facility uh, like actually this time last year, I was, mm-hmm. uh, we, we were there together, uh, but no, uh, but no, separately I went to the facility it was before I think Google really moved in, but I wanted to visit like the, they'd also turned the top of the building into, I think was the largest like privately owned public park. 
it's it's a roof space is like grass and very very concrete and very like wood benches and stuff like that. But still, mm-hmm. you get you get a good you get a good view of the harbor. It's right next to Little Island, which is another place I'd never been before. Like it was it was a manufactured sort of mm-hmm. like park park island sort of structure uh that uh, that the city put in there as part of the revitalization of the place and it's it really is interesting to see like how did they decide to how did they decide to define their presence there because you can walk right past the or what, at least when i was there last year you could walk past that building without knowing that that specific building is anything google related yes, at all unlike unlike in silicon valley because in silicon right. valley it's about the branding you have on the building um because that's how that's how the companies show themselves down there. And it's interesting to see the way that they do it in New York because, um, because New York is work culture. Like you establish yourself here in this part of the world. I've been thinking a lot. I've been, I've been by myself for a couple of days. I've been thinking a lot about just like ethos. Also because I was the part of the, the part of your brain that's dedicated fully to communicating with your adorable <laughs> child has been freed up for other bandwidth. That's also true. Well, but I'm too tired to like, and you know, I'm not like going to do a hobby right now. <laughs> so I'm just yes, I'm just laying in bed thinking. Uh, no, but in all sincerity, it's also because I went. You know, now I can reveal that I went to Mountain View last week to see the new hardware, and so I was just recently there and then to come directly here to new york and to be like on the east coast side of it it's just it's just interesting um by the way the new android statue debuted today side note oh i didn't see that for android 14 i, did I think it's that. upside down cake yeah yeah is it i haven't seen it yet i'm gonna take a guess and it's a hopeful guess is the droid like standing on its head doing a handstand of course yes <laughs> and, th- this, and this wasn't a, oh my god aren't i brilliantly perceptive i'm saying that wouldn't it be terrible if they didn't do the most adorable and correct thing yes <laughs> of course i have yet to see the sculpture garden um i did try to look for it while i was there last week and but i i feel like such a creepo driving around in my car and also because my car right now is really dirty <laughs> so I have like this dirty black car and I'm just like driving around in my dirty windows, like looking for the Android statues. Well, Ooh, she's, anyway. I bet she's still looking for funding. <laughs> like, No, I'm a working yes. journalist. Thank you very much. Oh, that's why you have no money. Yes, that's why I have no pay. <laughs> um, anyway, so do you, you do you want to talk about the event? Because yes. I because. So Andy and I were chatting before we're doing this little recording here, and we were just talking about how we kind of differ on how we saw the presentation. But I want to hear Andy's take first. Okay, and I'm I'm certainly going to be talking about this more, like in the in the in the main episode when yes. you unfor- unfortunately go away until next week. But yeah. I um I thought it was see we we had the we had last month's uh, Apple presentation where Apple has gone completely towards. Oh, some sort of what I think is kind of an awkward hybrid between uh, pre-taped content and a live event, like the pre-COVID model of we are going to have 
like a festival like atmosphere of a thousand people in this big big huge auditorium and we're gonna have a live band we're gonna get the foo fighters to play a set at the very very end and we're gonna have the whole first like five rows full of uh, apple employees and engineers and analysts who are gonna choose they're gonna cheer and hoot and and holler at every really great thing because they are legitimately invested emotionally and and also with again their benefits packages how how uh, how wonderful these things play across and they've disp- and they have dispensed with that to high hundreds of people who have come here to uh, to Cupertino uh, to attend this event in person. I'm going to push play on this VCR and then go out and have a smoke, just like your just like your teachers did when they're having kind of a, a bad day and they didn't want to teach that day. It's like we're going to roll in the AV cart. You're going to watch a video. And then maybe later we'll discuss the video and it's, and it's effective, but it doesn't, it doesn't have the energy of uh, even what was happening uh, today, which was smaller, smaller invited crowd, but they are, and they are absolutely every speaker that comes in is speaking beat, 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 rehearsed, rehearsed, rehearsed line, line, line. But when there's actual live people there, there's a different sort of energy. The other thing was that, I thought that it was the 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 reason why I really enjoy going to these things in person if I can and at least watching the live event instead of just like okay I'm just going to go to the I'm just going to download the press materials and email people and talk to people and ask questions later on is what kind of story do they tell about this new launch like right. what, what was their intention because everything it's I mean, this is a commercial product yes but there's always that idea of here is why here we're not just going to simply slap a new processor slap a new camera and have introduce a fourth or a fifth color we want to I, I like to see that there is at least a perception as they're designing this that here is why we needed here's why this device needed to exist in, in a field in which there are already plenty of android phones out there and i thought that they did a much better job than apple did whereas apple was very very technical mm. for an apple presentation they were saying and now we've got this new pentaprism periscope lens and now because we are doing 2x pex- pixel binning we'll be able to google's presentation today was more like here we're going to show you like a canned video of what photo editing is going to be is like if you have a pixel eight with these with the the new neural engines and all the, the the local processing here is what the assistant can do for you because it has this extra hardware and can run these ai models on the device it, 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 just like the the photo in the video section was surprisingly more effective and again i'm not speaking about the actual feet the how the features actually work because i don't have hardware yet and i can't you know speak to that but in terms of a random civilian watching this and trying to understand yes but why would i care about that i thought that google did a much better job telling the story and basically wrapping this up in a bow of this is an ai phone and hopefully you're not going to be scared off by the fact the fact that we're using the words like generative ai and and bots on this device but at least you will understand why if you're in a phone store with a thousand dollars trying to decide between a pixel a samsung or an iphone what is interesting about the pixel. I thought that that was at least very effective. Okay. That's extreme. All of that is extremely fair. Your argument is valid. I'm not only saying that as your podcasting partner, I'm also (laughs) saying that as a professional colleague, however, and actually while you were talking, I was just kind of thinking about like, Hmm, Apple talking more about hardware. It just, that sounds like a very Googly thing to do, like a very Androidy thing. Uh, but to be honest, there was very there's no Android at all today. Like even though Android 14 True. launched today, 
there's no mention of it really beyond like this runs Android, but it was all about what can the pixel do specifically. And yes, it's true. Like we, Google has to market to us and tell us like, this is what the phone is going to be doing that you're going to be spending a thousand dollars on. But, and this is a lot, something that a lot of people disagree with. And I got a lot of commentary today about what if Apple fangirl I am. <laughs> That's always great. Again, never mind that I'm recording this on an iPhone. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> has nothing to do with it. Um, it. It's a joke, people. Like, it's, it's not that. It's just that this phone, in terms of hardware, I think that's why I've liked Apple and Samsung phones so much this year is because they're actually still about the hardware. And I think Google's just so much about the software to me that they're having a hard time selling me selling me on this physical thing that can do these software-y things. Does that kind of make sense what I'm trying to say? Like, It's like all of the things yeah. that we can do are actually not supremely hardware-specific, so here's a vessel for it. But what we're actually selling to you is access to all this stuff when historically Google's like been this free company that you would just type into a browser, right? And, you know, or Android would like you were paying for the Android hardware. You weren't paying for the Android operating system. Right. Like anybody can get the Android operating system. So now they have this whole pixel package and it really is like its own thing. And I, I'm very curious how the Android team feels about this. Yeah. Well, I think you know, <laughs> you, you make a, you make a really good point. I think they mentioned Android 14. Thank you for validating me. Yep. No. No. I mean, you you, you do make a this this is part of, this is this is part of why like uh, uh, this is like I have I haven't uh, I've. I've tweeted a couple, excuse me, I've X'd a couple of things and, and blue sky oh a couple of things. I'm going to like, <laughs> I'm going to like write a little bit and publish a little bit about tomorrow. It's like, it's only when like you talk about it, you talk about your perceptions with another brain whose inputs and processing that you respect that you basically say, okay, well, do I have a, basically how would I, how would I clarify what I just said? Or how does that opinion now affect how I'm reflect how I'm looking at these things, and it, it's I mean yes they they basically just like gave Android 14 of oh and by the way it will ship with with Android mm -hmm. 14 and that was pretty much the extent of it, but when you think about it, uh, if the, I mean the purpose of this whole event is of course to get people excited about buying Pixel hardware, and right. so if you start to say hey we're going to spend 15 minutes talking nothing about about nothing but new features of Android 14, which you will get on pretty much any phone you buy that runs Android, that kind of gets people thinking, it confuses people about what all the yes. stuff you're talking about here. So am I going to get that video with HDR on my Samsung phones? Like, well, no, but, uh, and, and the other thing is that this, this is why I thought it was kind of smart the way that they couched it in terms of this is an AI phone. Um, I don't think they, now that you mentioned it, I don't think they punched it hard enough that the reason why it can do a lot of these really really ma quote magical unquote things is because we have uh neural engines that are third generation now that can do things on device that would not be possible even with last year's chip and are certainly not commodity chips that can be put into any phone so yes it looks like software that could be done as part of a software update but 
no, it would require this hardware that we've t we've created specifically to run these models that we've created specifically for this phone. So maybe that's part of it. I think I think that's just me, and maybe it's just maybe it's just because of how I'm used to being marketed to, and this is like something yeah. that they are not necessarily struggling, but I can see them trying a bunch of different ways to market this to make it interesting because it is really hard to say that like buy this phone and you get access to this computer and <laughs> it's just doesn't sound as like delicious yeah. and covered in sugar as like here's a periscopic camera with <laughs> sugar crystals and molasses like I, you know I just... i've got four four words for you consumers <laughs> titanium oh Ooh, yes. titanium what does that mean? Okay, we don't know, but, but okay. yay, titanium. Can we please talk about the chassis real quick on the Pixel? And and maybe this will get you to understand like where I'm why I have this opinion. Um so I I was not impressed by the hardware. This is definitely like an iterative update, even with the more rounding of the corners that, that they that did. That was a feature like, they talked about. Ooh, it's like yeah, exactly. It's like holding a pebble. <laughs> I, which is funny, by the way, because they're the only ones who did that. Oh, maybe they were talking about Samsung with the Angulars. Anyway, I was going to say, they're the ones with the Angular phones. What? <laughs> they should have just said, look, we stopped doing it. Instead of... <laughs> I didn't understand who they were trying to throw shade to. Um, but, you know, they were talking about, like, how the back feels like sea glass, which kind of sucks because I totally use that metaphor to describe the iPhone 15. <laughs> but... Apple does design like that's what it does. And the Google phones just don't have the same heft to them as like the iPhone pros do. And maybe it's maybe I am drinking some of the juice. I don't know. <laughs> but but I just even compared to like a, a Samsung device, like the Samsung Galaxy Ultra, let's say, like that's a thousand dollars, that's a twelve hundred dollar phone, but it feels like a twelve hundred dollar phone. Hmm. It feels like, man, there's a lot of stuff in here. Like there's lenses, <laughs> like there's a battery. You know what I mean? And like, and so the iPhone also kind of feels that way. It's like titanium, <laughs> periscopic, whatever situation, you know. And then the Pixel is just kind of like, hey. <laughs> Like, We've got a stripe of lenses. Hey, I'm really well-dressed. <laughs> like, you are well-dressed, but what are you equipped with? Like, what's it? Do you have a utility belt on? <laughs> if I could describe them as people, that's, you know, that's how I would describe them. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, you know, I, I still think that I... I um, I never, I never disliked the the camera stripe. The, the what are they, what are they, what do they officially call it? Is that the bar? I think it's, I think it's a bar. And by they, the they way, must have come up with the, some sort of phony baloney term for what that means. Fourth what person is. who brought this up today to me. Uh, I got Everybody had to tell to me their it. opinion today on the camera bar. Well, you're okay because you got paid to tell me your opinion. So please continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just uh, like I, I never, just, I never disliked it. Uh, I'm warming. I, I warmed to it pretty quickly. Pretty much because it's a signature in a world where smartphones, they just tend to get more and more similar. Even Apple phones and yeah. Samsung phones, it's, oh, and here in the upper left corner, we have what? A cluster of lenses. Uh, and 
I, I mm. wonder if that was if it was also part of the discussion for, with the design team, the pixel design team that like if someone if you see someone in a crowd like if, if or or a, an influencer or you know you know Cardi B or somebody who's like using a phone that an iPhone is probably an iPhone if it's a pixel phone it is definitely a pixel phone that they're using yeah. that is like you iPhone can see has everybody. the three lenses in the little square the oh what did I call it today because again I discussed this I said iPhone has a stovetop um google has the bar and then samsung has the stoplight (laughs) because this this it's they always have like the three in a row that looks like a stoplight on the ultra um that's that's how i described it today and you're making me think a lot about you know because i obviously will be thinking about this for (laughs) much longer uh and you're just you're making me think about all the things i haven't really because i didn't really get to it's very hard to construct a story about a device, which is what our jobs are to construct a story. It's very hard to come up with a story with a narrative with like, you know, how to personify a phone without using it in kind of like understanding, you know, what it, what it, its intentions are for yeah. you. Um, and so it's just now that I'm starting to like break down everything because I had a whole presentation because, you know, they're not giving us the same present like behind the scenes. Like we're getting technical information. We're having Q&A's when we're we're talking about the stuff. So I don't see the the prepared like presentation, the stuff they teleprompered until I get to the event. And that's when I sort of judge like, OK, well, what is the marketing story here that right. they're trying to push? Um, and I, I'm very... By the way, they're opening a physical Google store in Mountain View. Yes. Yes. It, it, it looked like they had a. They had a, a that is a public information. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was in the. It was. It was in the presentation. And because looks, you said something, I was like, "Oh, okay." This was <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I have. I have actually done that accidentally to friends before and had to apologize. Where I'm just having a conversation and I forget them having a conversation with friends, and I used like I used like the Colombo technique of. If I when I'm with like marketing people or like executives who are like I can't we absolutely cannot reveal X like okay so if I ask question X they're gonna say oh I can't talk about it or they will parry it off however if I get fifteen percent of the question via uh six <laughs> via, via six well placed questions and then a last ten percent question I will get the entire thing I will have shepherded them into giving me an answer so it's, I have I have done that sometimes like without knowing it and I've had to say okay uh, Dale I did not mean to get you to confirm that your company is on the market I actually honestly did not intend to do that I will keep that uh, keep that private uh, but what I'm sorry what I was what I was <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I want to say was that like it looks like a very welcoming sort of more more like a visitor center than a store like kind of how like when apple was designing their they they call it the spaceship campus i kind of want to call it the fortress campus because the whole point is we've we have built an unbreachable glass ring that cannot be penetrated <laughs> by outsiders they, which yes, is hilarious yes we, we, we replanted orchards and forests and parkland but it is not for you 
peons, you muggles, ye non-engineers, non-apple people. By the way, they people. do have gates. It's not just glass. They, they do yeah, have it's, gates. So, but, so, but, but even they like said, okay, but there are going to be like people who are, hey, I'm in Cupertino. I want to get my picture taken. I want to yeah. go to Apple. So they have to create a visitor center, center to give people, to distract people. Here's a place where you are welcome to go. Please don't try to like walk around. You know what? That's true. When I was, when I was at Mountain, Mountain View last week, there were tourists on the Google campus, which to be honest with you, is kind of one of the first times I encountered it in all my years of going to the campus really? for meetings. And I, it might be also because COVID, you know, scared people off the last couple of years, natural, I mean, for a good reason. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, it might also be because actually it was under construction because B- Google was building that big new HQ with the roof, the living, the yeah. living roof. No, living roof. Yes. It's a cool roof. <laughs> It's, it's not. It's not just black tar with gravel and HVAC. No, no. It's it's a. It very much matches Pier Fifty Seven. Yeah. I was very struck by that because I I drove by it and I took video of it with my dash cam because I was like I need to inspect this later and I did. <laughs> I was like, wow, this looks just like Pier Fifty Seven, huh? Interesting. It's almost like Google made this. Yeah. And also the also the front of the of that new Google store on the campus is like all like natural like oiled wood, and like I th- I think I think it's no accident that all these companies want to oh our we've created a the the biggest grass line park public park in New York City by public it's like they all want to right. like hey look we please please associate it with grass and trees and adorable green robots doing headstands please don't. Think about how much energy that we are consuming and burning off every time that we train a new <laughs> natural language model. Because we, hey, look, look at, the, look, look, you can, you can, you can, two kids playing hacky sack on grass, natural grass that we planted. That you're welcome to play hacky sack on. <laughs> <sighs> well, overall, Andy, I would say it was it was a pretty small event. Like it wasn't, it wasn't. In in terms of people, it yeah, felt like the same amount of people as last year in Brooklyn. Okay, so just in a bigger venue, low hundreds, like maybe two or three hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't super crowded, which I always appreciate because you know, gosh, shoving people <laughs> to get to things is yeah, yeah not I've been, fun. God, I've been, I've, I've been I've I've been to events where it's like. There was a point where I, I was I I try, I try not to embarrass myself, but it's like it's like okay, like I, I remember a Microsoft event where it was like they did not have enough like demo stations, and so oh, yeah. it's like hopefully if and this is this is like pre COVID like a few years ago, but it's like hopefully now they understand that you realize that you've invited a whole bunch of people that are not big enough YouTubers that you gave them their own time to like do their own like preview videos or something. However, they are going to want to say, hi, hey guys, I'm Chad of Chad's really hot, wonderful Windows, Windows, uh, Windows videos. And here I've got an exclusive hands-on review of, and I want to say, no, you don't. You are just one of like 50 people who are clustered around this one laptop. And really all the people who write for a living want to do is heft it, get a, get a size of the weight, see if there are suspicions about what the keystroke mechanism is. So if you're standing here for 20 minutes doing a 
quote hands-on review you're kind of screwing over all of us and we're kind of i and there's a there's a devil on one of my shoulders that wants me to sort of interfere and screw up your video and the angel is kind of on the devil's side at this point because it's oh it's because because you're you're also doing an ad read in the middle in the middle of your you know and so and and meanwhile i'm like I, i i'm like okay but i have to make sure that if i you you have you have to be like a little bit uh bold without being rude like when there's an opening you have to take it with and while still being aware of the people around you and i remember one where ah, i won't say who it was but it's like it was like a female reporter that i know very very well and it's like oh and i've apologized to her like a million times because i legitimately didn't see her and she said, oh, excuse me, I think I was, I've been waiting for this. Like, oh, I'm kind of, I won't, I won't say it. I know that, I, believe me, the name is burned on my mind. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Because I don't want, no, I'm not, please, I'm not one of those dudes who like doesn't, doesn't pay attention. I was just like, I've just, I just watched like three YouTube videos being made. I'm kind of at the end of my tether. I'm so, so sorry, please. <laughs> I've, I've got $38 in my wallet. I, please buy yourself espressos and sushi wherever you, you want today. <laughs> So so, uh, well, but so 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 before we wind up, like so, it was a as far as like mechanically speaking, like you felt as though you got enough time with like in the hands-on area. You felt as though the the the, the coffee was. Good. I mean, no, the like I, was I okay. still don't. I really, I I didn't eat any of the Danish because I ended up eating at my hotel. But um, I am still a little confused about the temperature sensor. Yeah. And they're you know they brought the example of the baby bottle that needs to be checked before you give it to the baby but i'm going to tell y'all i was not having my phone anywhere near me when i was making a bottle for mona okay (laughs) um i this is very much a feels like a solely thing to me they're just gonna put it in one (laughs) version of the pixel to test it out get the information they need and then that's it i you don't need to try and sell it to me as a thing yeah it's it's interesting. I think I think I'm already anticipating a drinking game, like on the day when, uh, on, both on the day when people who had pre-release hardware can end their embargo, and on the day when it ships to like normal people of like how many videos and commentary is going to be. Hey, we decided to aim the temperature. So we we got both uh, both kinds. We're going to see how hot does the does the pro does the eight pro run when it's actually processing video like that. Ooh, it's tattling on each other. Like okay, that's nice. <laughs> actually. It's it's you're, you're <laughs> but, yeah, but you're 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 absolutely right because when when I saw that yes. like it struck me as happen. something that would either like there's no middle ground it's either going to be something where actually I was surprised but I'm using this all the time or hey I played with it for the first like day or two like while I was waiting for like my electric kettle to like boil water I actually aimed it at the water to see if it was reading a boiling temperature and hey well I'll be darned it was within two or three degrees and then I forgot that it existed for the entire life of the yeah. I think it's just the UI is a little confusing. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, we can, we'll yeah. Talk, hopefully hopefully we'll both get a chance to talk about the UI when we get like hands-on stuff. Um you're yeah. you're probably super tired so it's probably a good idea. Or, yes, like, and I just got just... a your internet access is unstable uh warning. So, that was probably me because oh. <laughs> I, I'm at the end of a long work day and my meds like sort of dried up like 3 hours ago. <laughs> So I'm really, I'm going into the weeds, out of the weeds, into the pond, to the bottom of the pond, saying hello to my friends, the rabbits and the tortoises. I'm really glad we got to debrief, though, like right yes. after the event. I'm really glad we got to do this. 
Um, folks, if you like this, by the way, like let us know because Andy and I are down to do more of these kind of segments for you. I mean, I do go to these events yep. and I have an iPhone I can record them on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Okay, Again, you're, you're 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 being on the left coast. You both have the opportunity and the burden of oh, I can actually <laughs> like whereas I uh, you know I am I am no longer like young enough <laughs> or or anything to say yeah I'm gonna spend six hours on a I'm gonna spend six hours on a tra- on a on a plane and like fourteen hundred dollars of my own money between like airfare and hotel to essentially not be able to sleep until a half hour before before the presentation and then just simply send out send out some some chats to people i know like inside the company say hey what's what is the story in that thing okay great i'm just doing it while i can catch you later i I just ordered a pizza and i've got to go pick it up sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's it's been it hasn't been the worst wednesday in the world for me so thank you very much for going out there and doing this stuff thank you andy uh, get your sleep, get your recuperments, right. and hope you have. Hope, hope you, hope you, you had some time to have a good. I mean, you're 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 in the middle of Times Square. That's always fun. Even, even when you're, I when did you're doing go to the Nintendo stuff. store and Yay. I bought my family a bunch of plushy Pokemon. I just have to figure out how I'm going to put them in my suitcase. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, everybody, well, get, get some sleep. You'll be you'll be back next week. See you next week. Bye. What a pro. What a pro. Yeah, see, th- this isn't a video podcast. You don't get to see that she looked... Re- <laughs> we, we, we maintain a, a video channel so that we can just, like, sort of see each other as we're having a conversation. And, yeah, she was real tired. It was the end of a very, very long day. Uh, and so thank you, thank you, thank you, Flo, on behalf of everybody who's listening that yeah, that you didn't you, she didn't have to like delay going to going to bed uh by a half hour or so so that she could record this but she did and i think that you saw how great that all that was so uh so of course we'll be back next week and we'll have our, our, our regular real in-depth conversation about the actual content of the event um but yeah there's still some things that uh, it's it's uh, it's more appropriate for us to have cover all that stuff in the course of conversation because I don't know about you, but I, I learn things about my own opinions when I talk to Flo about them. So that's the proper place for them in next week's episode. Uh, I do have some broader th- takes on what went down yesterday during the presentation, and we'll have that after this break. So yeah, we'll talk more about uh, Made by Google this week. We'll talk about the the new Pixel Watch 2. We'll talk about the, the Pixel Phone 8, the Pixel Phone 8 Pro. We'll talk about the Pixel Buds, whatever number they're on Pro next week uh, not only will it be better to talk about it together with flow but also we'll hopefully we'll have hardware in hand by then um so we'll, we'll be able to we'll be able to talk a little bit more smartly about it than, than uh, either either of us were free to talk about uh, last night uh, over over chat uh, but again i have some i have some notes overall that are sort of broad about the event in general uh, i find myself really thinking not just after this live stream but also uh, last month's live stream with the Apple event. Like what is, what is even the purpose of these live streams anymore? Like they, they make these sort of, these sort of like presentations, they made a lot more sense when there was a developer conference or something attached to them. You know, like uh, this is, I mean, that you, that's clearly why the CEO is there. There's, that's why there are hundreds, if not a thousand people in the room listening. Uh, I mean, I even have to correct myself. So I'm not part of the gang that still call these things keynotes. It's not a keynote. Keynote is in front of like a conference or something. That's why it's a, it's a media event or a launch event. We haven't figured, we haven't really settled on a name for these things yet, but 
I think hopefully we all agree that calling it a keynote that's 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 admitting defeat that's like approving of certain phrases that kind of get my goat like like using the word literally as just as as a general intensifier instead of meaning actually specifically or i don't know why this one gets to me but like all, all every time that a youtube influencer or like a whatever uh, instagram like makeup person screws up and offends everybody and is about to be canceled. Uh, and they do make that heartfelt video that they announce that they're quote, taking accountability unquote for their actions. It's like, <laughs> okay, you don't, it's not possible to take accountability. What you're doing is taking responsibility. Although I would posit that, no, you're not even taking responsibility. You're just trying to get out of the, the consequences of your actions. But I'm saying that putting the ethical thing aside, I'm talking about English language, you are taking responsibility. I can hold you accountable. That's where you screwed up. But you yourself cannot take accountability. Words have meaning. I'm going to cut myself off before I go for another hour about this because I have, I have, I have too, I've, I have too much invested in that. I acknowledge, um, but nonetheless, it's still really important to get the news and content out there immediately. Uh, the, of these announcements on all the important channels, which include social media. So I don't, I please don't think that I'm denigrating social media at all. It is a place where people come for information and people's points of view. Uh, and so it should be it, that every single venue should have that content. My chosen venue is the written word, whether it's on a blog post or something that I'm hastily reading, <laughs> ripping and reading uh, in, on the radio or something like that. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's better or more valid than someone who puts a series of posts on, uh, on Instagram or, or TikTok or whatever. But yeah, so it's, it's even more important that uh, like within like a half hour of the event, people are able to generate content and that's why they're holding these events. So, okay, they're, they're very, very important. And it's also a high value opportunity for Google and these companies to give a lot of journalists slash influencers slash analysts, at least a small amount of actual hands-on time with actual hardware and access to company officials to one degree or another. And of course, certain ones get a lot of time, but it's a good way to, for that company to handle that in bulk. Uh, and I'm, as I'm sure, like we talked about, I think, uh, during uh, our chat with Flo, obviously this is 100% marketing, but it's still, it's valuable from my point of view to hear the story that a team thinks that they're telling with a new product. Like, uh, this is, it isn't like if, if they were creating a movie or a novel, then the work should speak for itself. Like I should, I should figure it out of how you wrote this novel, how you made this movie when it's a piece of hardware. I really do think that it's still a creative act and the people who create it, even though they're, they're, they're limited and informed by marketing needs, business needs, engineering needs, manufacturing needs, they're still like creating a character and infusing it with life and telling a story through that character one way or another. So even though, again, my, my, my radar is finally <laughs> is my, my radar shields are way, 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 way up to full strength for the marketing BS it's still valuable to hear the company, the authors of this work say, here is the story that we're trying to tell with this device. Here is why it needed to exist. Or here's, here's why, even though you've got a hundred different choices, <laughs> I was about to say a hundred different choices in Android phones. Okay. When you're talking about actual decent flagship phones, maybe five, more likely three, but still, I think my point stands like, here's why this isn't just another one of those. Here's why it's the one that only we, that we, and only we are able to create with our point of view and our unique uh resources and advantages so it's good to it's good when i'm 
making these observ making observations and collecting uh, building opinions of my own that it be at least informed were uh, informed by here is what they thought that they were doing with this so i'm not it it helps to make things a little bit more sense um so i'm i'm just going to give you some overall things here broad things of no live demos of anything every single thing was canned there were a lot of uh, places where they they showed off how a certain new feature worked, like how uh, a new photo editing feature, how the new magic eraser feature worked. Nothing was live. It was just a canned video that was on, on the screen behind them. Okay, that's disappointing. You would like to see at least one live fire exercise. Even as bad, even as informed as we are that these are all carefully, all every live demo, quote unquote, you see on stage is always boy, it's just right on rails. <laughs> and the person who's performing this is doing step by step by step in specific order, sometimes because they're using a build of the software that says that if you go A, B, C, D, it will work. If you go A, B, D, C, it will explode in your hand. And you'll have like all your hair when the cloud, when you when the cloud dispels on stage, like your hair will be like thrust back <laughs> in like a force vector. <laughs> and then it will crumble into dust, leaving you bald. So like in the cartoon. So please be A, B, do it A, B, C, D, not A, B, D, C. We'll remind you of this on the cue cards. But still, so it's, uh, I don't want to say it's suspicious, but it's something that's noticeable. Another thing that I noticeable that isn't suspicious and, me and is meaningless, but Again, I'm looking for like subtext in every single thing. Uh, it seemed as though in the chat, in the group chat of all the speakers, they all decided that they're going to wear a white undershirt. <laughs> I don't know why I noticed this and I don't know why they decided to do this, but with the exception of like maybe one speaker, maybe two, like everybody had, like if they were wearing a really beautiful, like expensive blouse, you could see it was like the first two buttons were unbuttoned. You can see an, you can see a white undershirt underneath it. If someone was, if one of the male presenters was wearing like a fancy like shirt, it was unbuttoned completely. And you saw a fancy expensive white undershirt underneath it. I thought that they were doing a thing there. <laughs> and I realized this isn't as significant as noticing that. Yes, of course, everybody had a brand new pixel watch or a brand new, uh, a, 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 a brand new fitness band, uh, a Fitbit, uh, Fitbit uh, fitness band that was just released last week on their wrist. Yeah, but I'm noticing t-shirts. It means nothing, but again, I just, I, I can't help but notice these things. I'm, I'm Columbo. Not all of them actually point to who the murderer is. Sometimes it's just a meaningless note that he, he flips past as he's infuriating the suspect by delaying the actual, hey, here's how I got you and here's where you're going to be under arrest in two or three minutes. Uh, as always, I really, really liked seeing the pronouns alongside the names on the big screen behind them. Uh, it's really important to make sure that everybody is called out, especially because this is a media event. And like you may know who who, uh, who Osterlo is, but you may not, or you might not know how to spell his last name. So it's good that you put, even though he's the head of of of, of the of the division that does all the hardware. It's good to have that behind just to con just make sure you get it right. And I also think it's really, really important to uh, to have the pronouns underneath it. Uh, it was I, the, the step that got me to update all my social media profiles to have that uh, last bit where what my pronouns are. The thing that convinced me was when uh, someone who's in the trans community uh, pitched it as, or at least explained it as, if you see it everywhere, then that normalizes it to think that, uh, 
you can't simply look at someone's photo and decide what their pronouns are. There is a possibility that it's not what you think it is. Uh, and so on, and people, everyone has the right to, to determine how they are addressed. And I said, wow, that makes absolute complete sense. And now I won't even consider not having pronouns there. So that's a really, really good thing. Um, there was another thing, uh, there's another thing there. Um, almost all companies, when they do these presentations, they make sure that there's a diversity of ethnicity presented, not just on stage, but when they're giving, showing demos of the cam- like pictures they took with the camera or videos or people using the watch or using whatever, they of course make sure that there's uh, diversity and, and ethnicity there. Um, what was nice to see in this event was I didn't, I've, I don't think I've noticed this anywhere else before. There was some diversity of body types. So it's not just all like people who look like you look like they could be advertising, you know, the fitness benefits of this thing. Oh, look, I've just done, I've just done three hours on my Peloton after my eight hours of rowing and boy, my heart rate is really up. It's like there are people who, you know, again, who are again, different body types and that's something that gets ignored and it shouldn't be ignored. So I want to see more of that. What I didn't see and made me realize I want to see is more diversity in age. You don't see, you see most of the people that are depicted are usually, you know, happy people in their what looks like twenties to maybe early thirties. You don't see middle-aged people or, or elderly people in any represented as the users of these devices. I think that's the next thing for uh, companies to work on when they're doing stuff like this. But here's another first time thing. I'm going to take a swig of water. I'm not going to even cut to do that. Okay. So. As far as I know, I'm the first person who I'm the person who originated the term feature quilt in the in Apple's presentations, where uh, they they finished talking about like the the new iPhone, and as they're wrapping it up before they move on to like the the new watch or whatever, like the graphic behind them on the big screen is just this patchwork of individual features with like two three word descriptions you know 50 percent larger battery titanium hull it it complements you on your on 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 your eyeshadow even when you don't ask it to that sort of stuff uh because it looks like a patchwork quilt i don't know if anybody's picking up this as as an actual term feature quilt but i i insist that that's the proper name for this this is the first time i've actually seen google do use feature quilts and exactly the same style and exactly the same uh, sort of placement, too. That's nice because uh, I realize that sometimes I'm very, very lazy. And so this this gets me to, hey, wow, if I take a screenshot of this for this point in the video, when I'm doing like my very, very first quick write-up, to, and I want to, and I'm about to hit send, I want to know, ooh, is there anything I forgot? I can just look at the feature quilt and say, oh, yeah, 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 I forgot. That's totally unnecessary. But still, I forgot about that. Okay, but that'll spur more memories. So that I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I also liked that in this presentation about the pixel phones, there was a really good chunk on repairability. They actually addressed that as an engineered feature of this design. And it's not as though they spent 10 minutes on this, but this wasn't just simply a, something they passed along as a footnote. They also uh, talked a little bit about their deal with iFixit. I think that they include that where you can get spare parts for, so you don't have to be a licensed anything or registered anything. All you need is a credit card and the web address, ifixit.com to buy a replacement screen. If you break the screen and you don't want to have to send it off to, to Google uh, and, or any, or any place else. 
that they, they they mentioned a i think that's going to be important for everything repairability i think that that's something that all these companies aren't going to really take take that sort of uh, concept seriously until we keep asking those questions how repairable is it if i need if i want to replace if the battery needs to be replaced in five years like how hard is it going to be to get a rep- how was how hard is it going to be for me to do it am i gonna have to pay somebody two hundred dollars because it's just buried under in this uh, at the bottom layer of this sandwich of evil <laughs> adhesives and 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 sealants and stuff like that or is it something where i just simply apply a little heat remove the back panel there it is unplug one thing swap in a new one and bob's your uncle um, they included this as part of their like little environmental section that's another thing that almost every hardware maker I think they it's the envi- the section on environmental issues is kind of like that flag pin that's that showed up on the lapel of every single politician after 9/11 here in America where it's like it it doesn't really mean it might have had a meaning at some point now it just means that you don't want people to notice that you don't have it and that's why you put it on there so uh, but the, I, it was. Uh, I thought it was good that the repairability was part of that environmental hunk. Um, Apple didn't. Obs- Apple seemed to obsess over that. They got some flack for it. I don't know if flack was deserved, but after the Apple event, there was like a long, long hunk on envi- on the environmental and recyclabilities and how they're this is a completely green phone and how everything is completely recycled. They've got this new logo they're going to be putting on as they continue to transition all of their hardware towards 100% recyclability or whatever. Um, I mean, that's and that's not a problem um, for Apple. It's just that like for Apple customers, the environmental uh, thought that goes into these devices is completely irrelevant because like an Android, an Android shopper might be swayed because you're choosing between two or three phones. And if you, if you believe that these things are really important, they are really important. But if you specifically are, can be swayed by this, that's good to have that information that, Hey, this one is more recyclable. This one is a little bit more responsible. This company seems to be taking uh, a zero carbon emissions, zero impact much more seriously then that's a big deal. But for iPhone users, I don't think anybody is going to be switching to from an, away from an iPhone to a competing Android phone because uh, the Android phone is more recyclable. And it was, boy, that it was a long, long hunk of that iPhone announcement. Again, I'm not faulting them for it. I'm just saying it was a long, long part of it. And into that context where they found what seemed like 10 minutes, including like a funny little custom video in which they got people in from the outside and they had to sign actors under to NDA so that they, to, that, that's how complicated it was to get them inside a, inside of Apple to be part of this wacky little video. They didn't, Apple didn't take any time to consider repairability as part of the environmental package. So that's a failure of Apple. That's something that they should need to take a look at that. The fact that these things tend to get binned after a certain number of years, is, that's a problem that they need to address. If they are really going to want to, if they if they really want to polish up that halo and and put it on their own heads at a jaunty angle, they have to confront the fact that uh, they sold a seventeen thousand dollars solid gold gadget watch. The first edition of the uh, of the Apple Watch uh, has become completely obsolete. I mean, I mean, legally and engineering wise, obsolete. One of the little sub announcements this month from Apple was that oh, by the way, uh, if it breaks, you're not going to be able to get any replacement parts. We are no longer providing any software updates or anything. So essentially, this is a seventeen thousand dollar piece of e waste. And also, it's you know, I don't think anybody should feel bad for having wireless earbuds. 
but this is the the company that really is serious about environmental issues like to that high grained effect where they want to boast about putting that sticker on their phone saying that, Hey, this is completely environmentally friendly, environmentally safe. They are the company that's going to figure out a way that their earbuds do not become e-waste after two short years, that there is going to be a way to take this apart, replace that tiny little battery and give it another two, three, two, three years of life. Because I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a hippie crunchy person by any means. Um, Crunchy is again the can of Pringles in a unrecycled plastic container. <laughs> That's not yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, it's kind of offensive to me when you see any sort of electronic consumer item that is des- designed to be essentially it will have a certain life and then it becomes trash. It should not become trash. It should either be have a long, long, long life after its first user. It should be like a car where this thing is going to get 180,000 miles minimum or supposedly it's going to, as long as you don't drive it in new England or any other place that salts its roads over the winter, uh, it's supposed to get 180 to, it, it can get 180,000 to 200,000 miles with adequate care. Um, <clears throat> and that's certainly not going to be a first driver. It's going to, but it's going to be a brand new 40, $50,000 car, then a decent $18,000 used car. That's two years old. And then a $10,000 used car and then a 5,000, then it's going to be handed down to like the kid in the family with the first license. And then it's going to be like a $2,000 beater that sells like for a thousand dollars on Craigslist, but still allows people of very, very low income to have a car that they need to get to work and back again. And it's kind of, uh, it's offensive when you apply that sort of try to see how far that kind of thing goes in the tech industry to know that, okay, here's a phone. It's here earbuds. It's going to be two years and then trash. That's not, that's not, that's not something that we should, we should be willing to accept. Um, on that same note, I think this is one specific thing we can talk about. Uh, Google did something really, really super important. Uh, maybe as important as any specific feature that they added to the new pixels. Google announced that these new phones are going to get seven years of updates, security updates and operating system updates. Uh, and that is an environmental consideration because it's also, it's also, again, it extends the life of the device, but also this was one of the, I think this is some of the best news of the day uh, because this is one of the few perennial and very real downsides of choosing Android versus choosing an iPhone. The idea that you don't know that you have no idea how many, how many OS updates you're going to get. Apple is very, very famous where they will keep those up. They don't make a specific promise as to how many years of updates you'll get, but they have proven just by track record that so long as that little, so long as their, that the frantic little, little mouse like heart is still beating inside that phone, they will try to find a way to get a new, the latest version of the OS on there. And they will try to find a way to keep supporting it. And so that's why these things get handed down from generation to generation, uh, like grandfather's pocket watch. Uh, with Android, it's like, Hey, we'll try to give you a couple of years and three years of security updates. Like, yeah, that's not really good enough. Is it? Uh, but yeah, seven years of updates. That's more than that's long enough for, boy, if you can keep a phone <laughs> intact and operational for seven years, you are a far more responsible person than I am. Perhaps you're just not even as active as I am, which is a sad thing to consider, uh, because I just think that carrying something around in your pocket and leaving the house from time to time that enough, I don't think I can keep a phone intact for seven years time. But if you, again, if you just keep it on a nightstand as a curio, 
it will be a functional curio for seven years. And that's, again, it solves a big problem when for people who are considering uh, going on Android. And so now if you are going to Pixel, you get seven years. And it, uh, given that Samsung and other companies were absolutely shaming Google themselves by having their own like five-year promises, yeah, that was uh, some of the biggest things. Uh, going to some, some stuff that Flo and I covered, uh, but just a couple of extra notes. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a really solid consumer-focused event. Uh, compared to Apple's iPhone event, I thought it did a much, much better job of marketing and messaging information that was directly to appeal to consumers. Everything Google showed off was framed as, here is something very practical that will make your daily life easier or create new opportunities for you. Whereas so much of what Apple was talking about was, hey, look, let, let us brag about how difficult it was to do a pentaprism telephoto lens and to package it and decide this, this tiny, tiny way. Like, yeah, you need to don't talk about that. Talk about how, hey, look, things that are far will look like they are really, really close away <laughs> and your pictures will be better for it. Uh, even the camera features like uh, the, 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 the dividing line there was 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 pretty, 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 pretty savage. Again, Apple had lots and lots of technical stuff and they really made a big pitch to content creators, but Hey, this is a really great camera. This is a really great content creator camera. Google is, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that kind of would have gone over, would have gone over anybody's heads who are just considering upgrading or considering switching saying, Hey, I will, I take a lot of pictures. How will my pictures be better? So instead of all the technical stuff though, Google was saying, Hey, the video, we, the video, video editor on the Pixel phone, it has a slider. So if you turn down, so if you turn down just the noise uh, of of the the dog that's barking in the background when you're taking video of your of your adorable baby, like you can actually like make sure that you can hear what the baby is saying. Turn down the noise of just the dog, leaving the adorable baby's voice intact. So you can hear exactly what she has to say about you know rivers of blood bearing the funeral barge of the old gods. Repent, fear, 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 repent. Blah blah blah. You know. It's, Whatever, 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 you know, in unintelligible stuff the baby is saying. The point is that everybody has taken videos where we made too, too much conversation in the background or too much wind noise on the microphone. Or again, that's when the, just when the kids said the most, most adorable thing is when the dog decided to, decided to start barking and the idea of no, no, don't, don't put it on your desktop, download this desktop app, use, you know, our editor Jim's uh, voluminous knowledge and access of software library to somehow do something to combat all that background noise. Like, no, it will it will use artificial intelligence to analyze that audio, isolate what is the what is the dog barking, what is the the child babbling, and let you slide up on the on the child uh, on the child babbling. That is relevant. I understand that. It makes me want to have that feature. Uh, and like I said, I do like the branding and the coherence of promoting the pixel as what might be called an AI phone, you know, uh, and we'll talk about this with, with flow in more detail next week, what these features are. Um, the only worry that I have is that this could kind of bite them in the butt due to like a lot of the coverage of artificial intelligence and large language models and generative AI is about fear. Like one of the big news stories this week is Tom Hanks. Everybody's everybody's most beloved Tom Hanks scandal free. Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks, <laughs> that wonderful, that wonderful man child who saved Lieutenant Dan so he could become like a drug addict, whatever, uh, had to go on and say, hi, uh, there is an artificial intelligence version of me that's promoting some sort of dental plan. That's a total scam. This has nothing to do with me. 
that's what like a lot of the AI coverage is about. So if you're telling everybody that, hey, we've got artificial intelligence baked right in to every single layer of this, that's not like when a bakery like cuts a croissant in half and points out that there is butter baked into each one of these thousand layers of the thing. That's not something that people are necessarily going to find appealing. They might actually be really, really scared. Like, so I hope that they, when Google continues to promote and talk about the, these phones, they understand that people's big, big fears about AI is that AI is a really super efficient and remorseless engine of lies, not only lies, but creating lies in bulk. So yeah, it's really, really cool that the assistant with the new AI barred enhanced assistant uh, can summarize the hundred emails that came in uh, during the, your morning off for a dental appointment. But people are going to wonder, can I trust that it's not going to be making anything up or leaving anything important out? Uh, and the new AI powered photo editing features are, I can't wait to get my hands on these things. I mean, they're almost kind of magical. Just, just like the magic eraser was, it can't possibly be that. Okay. That's a nice demo, but it's that can't possibly work that well. And then you get in your hands like, oh my God, it actually works that well. Well, I'm going to trip it up. I'm going to make it, uh, I'm going to choose to try to get it to remove something that is impossible to, oh my God, they managed to get that to remove that thing. And now they've got an enhanced magic eraser. Um, and, and things go way beyond that. Um, but it will cause, will it cause people to think that, wow, does that mean that from now on, we're going to have to be deeply suspicious about even the most casual photos that we see, even stuff that was shared from friends that nothing in this photo can possibly be believed because faking or manipulating anything is now so trivial. Like Google, I, I kind of winced at one of the little demos in the demo video. Like Google didn't help this, this situation at all, with the, including that montage where uh, little kids, like 10-year-old kids, were in a playground uh, and shot an awesome photo of a slam dunk, like Eric Jordan sort of stuff. And then they easily edit out like the mini trampoline and they put in front of the hoop that made that big jump possible. So it's like, again, beautiful demo. And it wasn't a live demo at all. But whereas before the Magic Eraser could just sort of like schmudge it out with colors and textures that might match what was behind it. Now the generative AI version of Magic Eraser will actually create a new basketball court underneath it and like leaves and patterns and stuff like that to make it look even more realistic. So it's like, okay, now again, is this going to be an engine of lies? Is the secret sauce inside these chips, you know, satanic? So yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, we talked for a half hour today, Flo and I, but we'll still have lots and lots to discuss next week. Uh, but, uh, I gotta say right now, before we close this topic, that the pre-order incentives on the pixel eight and the pixel eight pro are kind of amazing. Uh, you get, uh, if you buy just the pixel eight, which is still pretty cheap as a phone free pixel buds pro, uh, that's pretty good. The, when I bought my pixel six, you got the P pixel buds a, which I thought was already a pretty, a pretty nice treat, but this is the pixel buds pro with all kinds of extra audio and features to it. If you buy an eight pro, you get a free pixel watch too. That's a $350 watch. That's pretty special. Um, I it's, it's only been two years since I bought my pixel six. Obviously it still works great. I'm not really due for like an upgrade for another year, but if I were capable of talking myself into it, I would say, and if I had any interest in having the watch, the new version of the watch, like, Ooh, that might be too good a deal <laughs> to pass up. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you're listening, that's why let's, let, let's talk, make sure we mentioned that this week so that if you are in already inclined to buy yourself a pixel, I think it very, is very much in your best interest to pre-order it. So you get all these freebies, uh, at the Google's, uh, the official Google store. 
Okay, so that's it for for now for the Made by Google event. Uh, before we wrap up, we're going to talk a little bit about U.S. versus Google, the micro-softening after this. Yeah, I, I, I keep coming back to the comparison of the uh, Department of Justice antitrust trial against Google. It, it really is like a season of the real world because every week we get a new episode with new colorful characters. The difference is that, again, they haven't... <laughs> They haven't officially been plied, uh, been plied with liquor, <laughs> free liquor, uh, to get them to talk a lot. It's, it's more like they've been plied by the government with promises of prosecution if they don't actually, <laughs> if they don't actually respond to the subpoena. Um, and also the other difference is that they're not having made up like producer created adventures. That's it's all the entire show is just the bits in the confessional where they're talking directly to camera about how they felt about this thing that happened uh, so this week the member the cast member that testified was uh, microsoft ceo satya nadella uh, and microsoft knows better than anybody what an opportunity uh, that, the, that an antitrust ruling would have uh, for companies competing with google on search had if this judgment does not go google's way because microsoft they lost a similar antitrust suit 20 years ago uh, about the internet explorer browser and that loss is what opened up a lane for Google Chrome to enter the market and wholly t completely take over. So uh, su suffice to say some complicated emotions maybe uh, on the witness stand uh, by the CEO. Um, despite all that, uh, Nadella's testimony wasn't all that damaging for Google. Uh, parenthetically, I should say that at least the testimony that was made public, uh, it, it's unusual that each day's testimony is kind of corralled into the stuff that is going to be made public versus the stuff that these trillion dollar corporations are citing. Hey, look, these are trade secrets that we're being forced to talk about. So we can't put this in the public record. So every, at the end of every day, the judge decide or someone in the court decides that, okay, it's okay for this to be released, but not this. Some documents will be made public of emails and stuff like that. And some will be redacted or not, uh, not uh, sent out at all. So this is an incomplete look at things, but what we did get a look at was, was kind of interesting. Um, Nadella was forced to admit that even with all the advantages that Bing has as the preset default on windows, the most popular search term, uh, is uh, on, on Bing is still on windows is still how to switch it to Google search. Uh, I think the actual quote was that uh, the, the most popular search from Bing on windows desktop is Google. Yeah. So that's, that's still falling into, falling into the line of Google's defense that people will use our products, not because we're evil, but because that they like it. And because it's the best out there, the fact that we're totally evil is a help, but it's not the reason why we're successful. Please don't make us sell off this unit. Uh, he did raise an interesting point about a side effect of Google searches, utter and complete dominance. Uh, he says that the fact that Google search owns pretty much the entirety of search, it means that they kind of define reality for all other content and ads on the internet, like that content platforms and advertisers who want their content to be their, their ads and their content to be, be, be found and to be read. They optimize their stuff. They do all their SAO so that it's ranked higher specifically by Google search. Uh, he made a quote here, quote, everybody talks about the open web, but there really is only the Google web. Uh, so other search engines like Bing have to work harder. They're not being, nobody is working hard to make sure that the Bing search engine is going to, is going to surface it. And so that's a disadvantage. 
uh, on cross, uh, Google's lawyers uh, had their way with him and uh, pointed to uh, internal Microsoft documents that showed that, hey, here's, I mean, here's one of the reasons why you didn't, you, you haven't, you've, you haven't been making much of a splash in search it's because like you weren't investing enough time or money in creating uh, Bing on mobile devices. And we realized early on that it's going to have to be a really, really good mobile search project, uh, product as well. Uh, Satya also t- testified about, as to the Department of Justice less famous part of the antitrust case, um, not just the fact that, hey, you've, you've got too much of a strength. Not, not only have you been buying your way to be the default on so many platforms, but uh, they uh, Google has a, a tool called Search Ads 360, and it's a tool intended for ad buyers. Uh, that So that if you're crafting an ad campaign or ad strategy about uh, how your ads are going to be surfaced and placed on search pages, you can use Search Ads 360 as a way of fine-tuning it, creating it, and deploying it. Um, now, the Department of Justice, the Department of Justice uh, has an opinion that, surprisingly enough, is shared by Microsoft that they think that uh, Ads 360, Search Ads 360, doesn't do enough to help advertisers deploy that campaign uh, across Google Search and Microsoft Bing seamlessly. Like you create this campaign and it is all set to go uh, on Google Search, ready to go out the door. There are some features that will let you have this same campaign uh, target uh, search on Bing or other search products, uh, the Department of Justice and Microsoft agree that, hey, you're not doing enough to make that seamless. You're making it so much of a piece of effort that uh, advertisers are not going to even bother uh, because, A, they're going to have to go through all that all over again, and because the uh, the opportunities on Bing search are so much smaller than on Google search, that advertisers, they're going to do that math and say, it's not worth us having to redo this whole thing to figure out how to make it work on Bing. Um, so Nadell, Nadell, another money quote, quote, we keep asking for them to add some features that we want. And I think they ask us to go pound sand. That is a great phrase. I hope, uh, it's, it's a great, it's a great phrase. <laughs> go pound sand. Uh, it's, it, it seems like a very like depression era sort of, th- sort of saying, I'm glad that it's, it's, it's it's survived into the modern age and i now it kind of now that i've said it like two or three times i'm not going to do like an etymology search to find it oh it turns out that that was a very very racist thing that was created in 1891 and now i'm very ashamed of myself so i'm not going to do that google search um he also brought up the about microsoft being worried about the artificial intelligence angle here that um it's a little bit hard to follow exactly what he's saying here he's saying that like google is creating AI large language models, Microsoft through OpenAI is also creating large language models. The fuel for those engines for training them is content, as much content as possible across as many kinds of content as possible. And so his concern is that because that that Google is not necessarily going to make it easy for Microsoft and OpenAI to train its large language models based on YouTube content, maybe they're going to pinch off that so that it won't be accessible to other AI uh, skills being trained or Google search. Certainly. I don't know how that's relevant to this current antitrust uh, action, but it was an interesting thing to thing to point out it. I, I know we should wrap up, but it, it did get me thinking about what happens when a really vital asset for national security, national defense, resources for everybody, not just companies, but individual people to be able to exist on this planet on a, some something like a level and 
uh, even playing field. What happens when all of that is monopolized and controlled by one company? Is that okay? And so there's there's definitely an argument to be made that if the all the content on YouTube is essential for training a, a viable large language model, there is an argument to be made, don't know if it's correct or not, but there's certainly a respectable argument to be made that, look, if Google decides that other AIs cannot be trained on YouTube content, only Google's AIs can be can, can be trained on it, maybe that is an actionable violation of antitrust rules. Who knows? It comes down to, as usual, the, the fascinating division between that fine line between this product has taken over the world because it is because Google in, bought a small company because Google was founded on search. They have put their heart, soul, employees' time, and, and immense amounts of money over decades to making it the best product out there. And the reason why you can't compete with it is that if you, even if you start with a ten-year head start you still have 10 years to go before you have the sophistication of Google search. Even Apple, time and time again, no matter how uh, the government tries to box them in on testimony about how unfair uh, their choice of Google search is, they just keep saying time and time again that we just don't think there's another viable product that will serve our users nearly as well. And if we give them something else, they're going to try to use Google search anyway. It's it's a complicated question, and I, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but as usual, I'm glad that we're seeing internal documents, we're seeing companies that are being forced to defend themselves and come up with explanations that aren't simply marketing materials. Uh, remember, I, I, I keep falling back to, in terms of really, really bad, def when, when a defense that you come up with for a bad, stupid anti-consumer decision, when you know you don't have to defend it, <laughs> you're not going to be punished for how you defend it is, uh, when Apple... Uh, <laughs> when Apple deleted the deleted the headphone jack on the iPhone and said that, oh, is this sometimes you have to be do the create courageous thing to move things forward. It's like there's nothing courageous about it. You just didn't want to. You, you just you just it was a complication in manufacturing and design that you did not want to have to deal with. You'd much rather shove the inconvenience off to your consumers. Don't be courageous, but here they have to say, okay, here are the numbers that we actually put up with. Here is our, here is how much research we did to demonstrate, to find out that, Hey, if there's only 2% of users who are actually using the, 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 the headphone jack again, defend it for real. So now we're seeing people having to defend this for real. Okay. We really do need to wrap up. Uh, so uh, absolutely go to Gizmodo uh, to find out what Flo has been writing about uh, the Google event and everything else. Uh, and also f look for her on social media. Oh, that Flo on pretty much everywhere but Twitter. Ugh, I'm also, I, I, I used Twitter this morning for a reason. And it's like, oh my God, every time I, every time I come back, it's worse. They've done something worse that I don't like anymore. So I don't blame Flo for saying, don't look for me on Twitter slash X because I'm avoiding it like I'm in avoiding open mouth kissing with somebody who has just been diagnosed with COVID. I don't know why I said that. That should be something that anybody should, should, uh, let's move forward. Uh, as for me, I'm Anatko, I-H-N-A-T-K-O on, yes, X Twitter, but also Instagram and Blue Sky and everywhere else threads. Uh, if you go to WGBHnews.org, you can listen to me, give my, have, have conversations about the weekly tech news uh, on Boston Public Radio, WGBH, Boston's NPR station, or the WGBH News channel on YouTube. I'm on uh, next, not this Friday, but next Friday. So you can actually see that on YouTube if you'd like. And as always, you can always help support our show and everything on the Relay FM network by becoming a member. Head on over to relay.fm slash material to sign up and gain access to special members only episodes produced by all of Relay's contributors, including us. 
Well, that's going to be it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening this week. We hope you are listening to us again next week. And until then, everybody, please have a happy, safe, and healthy seven days. Bye-bye. 